0: Welcome and thanks for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. My name is Mike J. am the Director of Special Projects. And SCRS Talks allows our global impact partners to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern. In today's installment, we're going to have Amanda Wrangle from Vertrial Trial answer a few questions about decentralized trials in the post-COVID-19 world. And before we get started, Hi Amanda, how are you doing?
1: Hi Mike, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Before we uh, start into the questions, I uh, want you to let everybody know what you and Veritrail have been up to lately.
1: Definitely. So, as an introduction to myself, my name is Amanda Rangel, and I'm the SVP of Business Development at Vertrial. And uh, Vert Trial, uh itself is, uh, you know, a uh, telemedicine company specifically targeting the clinical research industry. And through our uh, very robust telemedicine platform, we're enabling a lot of different virtual uh, services. So um, mostly allowing patients to connect with sites remotely, but also using telemedicine to enable CRAs or site monitors to connect with sites remotely uh, in a zero-touch environment. And so we, uh, with, the, with the onslaught of COVID are definitely very, in, uh, very busy and uh, excited mm-hmm. to have a solution that can help meet the needs of you know, the widespread industry.
0: Yes, and VirTrial, I'll mention this again at closing, but VirTrial um, developed the virtual trials training that we offer to uh, sites, which I'll mention again at the close of the presentation. So thanks a lot for doing, for working with us on that. So, um, well, let's just get right into it. How, let us know how COVID-19 has shaped the future of decentralized trials, and uh, and, and as considering the proactive stance that you all are taking towards it.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad actually that you led with this important question, Mike, uh, because since the onset of COVID, we've seen companies react and react very quickly to ensure patients remain safe and to minimize the risk of study disruption. And I think what's really been brought to light here are three key industry needs during this pandemic, all with the underlying, all with the underlying theme of zero-touch visit capabilities. So the first key need being recruitment. How can we enable zero-touch identification and qualification of study participants? And the second being remote patient visits. So how are we enabling zero-touch virtual visits between patients and their research site when they can't meet in person? And then the third key industry need are virtual site monitoring visits. So how are we enabling zero-touch site visits so that clinical research associates or CRAs can continue their monitoring activities while sites are closed to on-site visits? And so with this realization and really subsequent reaction to meet these needs, Technologies that have been available to enable remote site visits, such as telemedicine, um, they were once before considered to be nice to have options, but overall a risk to a trial. And now they're viewed as essential and the exact risk mitigation strategy to keep patients safe and minimize study disruption during the pandemic. So to your original question, you know, will the industry take more of a proactive stance to DCTs? Uh, in our opinion, and, and I think the opinion of all, the answer is yes. It it must. Um, even the FDA commissioner has vowed to permanently adopt COVID-19 driven changes that make reviews and authorizations faster. And so, <clears throat> I want to take a step back from that, you know, high level answer and say, taking into consideration that we are on an SCRS podcast, <clears throat> and that both SCRS and Vertrial are advocates for sites to have a voice. and a say in what the future of DCTs look like, I would be remiss to not bring in some of the feedback we're hearing from our work with sites on this podcast. And so I'd like to give a thank you to Kay Scroggins at Clinical Trials of Texas, as well as Jason Roth at Platinum Research Network for providing some insights uh, into what we're gonna cover on this topic. And first, um, they offer that because of COVID, Sites really have come to realize that decentralized trials or virtual trials can be accomplished. However, without a central location uh, being a site where the visit is typically conducted, other issues really come to the forefront. And two examples uh, that we've encountered are regulatory obstacles. So, while some of these rules have been loosened, there are quite a lot of incongruencies across sponsors and even within sponsors as to what is and is not allowed. Also, a challenge uh, has been the logistics of conducting procedures in a decentralized trial. The sites themselves want to continue to see their patients and are already trained on the protocols. They work with the PI and are skilled at conducting studies. So instead of you know replacing that relationship with home health, why can't sites do that themselves and continue to see their own patients? Um, some sites have been so creative that they're conducting uh, visits via telemedicine on the patient's phone, and uh, the patient's sitting in the car at sites' parking lots, but they're still making sure that uh, patient safety is at the forefront and that they're complying with the clinical trial protocol. So they've certainly stepped up, and they being the sites uh, to be creative. And we are very proud at uh, Vertrial to have partnered with the sites in this initiative, uh, really taking a grassroots approach to enable them to continue uh, treating and seeing patients on their studies.
0: Yeah. And, and, and we have, we were just, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word fortunate though. That is a correct word to use it to, to be that the society worked with Vertrial early last year to really push this and say, That's this fine. is an issue that is, uh, well, it, it was an issue then, and it was very important. And then at the beginning of the year, it just went right to the top. And uh, you know, and and VRT trial and the society were very prescient, I think, in in in, in uh, you know uh, advocating for this approach to, to to conducting study visits. Correct. So, what do you think will happen to trials at the site level as we look to begin uh, assessing positives and negatives of COVID and their effect on trials.
1: Another great question, Um, you know, in general, COVID has certainly opened our eyes as it has essentially smashed the clinical trial space into pieces. And at the site level, we're starting to see their creative adoption of technology solutions, such as for trial uh, eConsent and others. Uh, And that's really beginning to pick up the pieces and put uh, it back together stronger than ever. And, you know, unfortunately, on the negatives, which there are many, uh, many sites have had to do layoffs, and so being able to quickly ramp up again as we begin to open up uh, can be a real struggle for them. Uh, Some sites are asking sponsors for help with this through paid uh, site support services, for example, to assist them with scheduling patient recruitment or even things like hands on services such as phlebotomy or assessments. And then there also continues to be a concern over safety of of staff and patients and decentralized trials can be conducted without patients coming into the clinic. But as noted before, uh, it brings rise to other issues that have to be solved in in regards to proper patient ID drug shipment required protocol amendments and, and identification of additional vendors to support their protocol procedures. So, you know, those are some of the negatives that will need to be addressed, but on the positive, we've seen more uh, uh, on the positive side, Uh, we are after all at a golden age of advancement in telemedicine and having access to tools that weren't available before and this will really enable sites to not only function, but thrive during a pandemic and a a direct quote from Kay at clinical trials of Texas again, thank you. she says the the pandemic has pushed sites to adopt new technologies and new processes. And for us, this has been positive in that we have made these changes with happier hearts and less pushback uh, from their uh, pharma partners. And sites can use virtual or decentralized visits to broaden their catchment area for recruitment and thereby improving enrollment and studies. So it also addresses, you know, the, the, um, uh, continued issue of diversity. It allows sites to to bring in a more uh, wide <clears throat> area, whether geography or different uh, diverse and ethnic populations into their trials. Um, another example of a positive outcome for sites is uh, a new concept of virtual site monitoring, and this is this is something uh, n- a new offering from from Vertrial and applying our robust telemedicine uh, technology. And the concept of virtual site monitoring is uh, without sending a a clinical research associate, flying them to a clinic, having them meet in person, flying them back, you know, waiting days for a report. Instead, we've coupled our technology with a, a proprietary pair of glasses that can be sent to the site. And when the coordinator or the physician puts those glasses on the entire site, uh, visit can be streamed back to the CRA's computer, and what this alleviates is a major concern for sites. It gives them the flexibility to limit the number of people visiting their site from other states and countries, and it also helps them move more quickly through the backlog of monitoring visits that may have built up over the past few months while their site's been closed.
0: Does this 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 new product you're talking about? Does it have uh, have you named it? Does it have a catchy name?
1: We have named it. It's now called Virtual Pre And we actually started with the concept that this could uh, be a solution to the very long and costly startup timelines associated with site selection and qualification during trials. And so we named it Virtual Pre Site, saying, why not do all pre study visits through this technology and significantly reduce the time and cost of sending. Clinical research associates to sites uh, over and over. And so um, it's actually caught on like wildfire, but not necessarily just for the pre-study visit application. Uh, it's industry has given us about 10 use cases now that okay. uh, it can go beyond uh, study startup into interim monitoring visits, into close-out visits, even really neat applications. Uh, such as pediatric home health, which the home health nurse can wear these glasses and the physician can watch the technique of that nurse. For example, measuring the head circumference and get a comfortability that is going to be consistent across the study. So, very, very exciting uh, and industry has given us a lot to run with with this application.
0: So, what what does the future of clinical trials look like because of this? And and how can sites be prepared? What should they do? Is there a, uh, you know, are there some things they should be doing now and then considering later? What's uh what Definitely. should sites be doing next?
1: Yes. So what? What do we see as the future of trials? I mean, we heard from industry leaders even before COVID-19 hit globally, that there was likely a tsunami of DCTs or decentralized clinical trials on the horizon. And we heard just that word that a tsunami is coming. And so um, to add to that, there is currently an immediate need for a cure uh, or a vaccine for COVID. And that has even more accelerated adoption and awareness Uh, At an exponential rate, and this has also shown a positive light on clinical trials in general. Um, So, from a site perspective to prepare for this surge, uh, there are a number of resources that virtual has made available to help Um, 1, you know, we, we do urge sites to read recent guidance from the FDA and other regulatory agencies to become familiar with current recommendations as well as complete. Virtual trial, as you mentioned in the beginning, we do have a virtual trial capable training. Uh, and this is a quick training and a certificate program that will enable sites to become virtual trial capable. And um, it, it really is to help them become familiar with telemedicine best working practices, essentially giving their staff legs to stand on uh, in the fundamentals of how to simply conduct a virtual visit. Um, you know, this is a, a significant shift and leap that we're asking sites to take in uh, moving beyond the four walls of their physical clinic. And you know, just like the, the painstaking EDC process and adoption in the past, sites are competent now in EDC, in things like e-diaries. Um, but we're taking this to the next level by asking them to conduct decentralized clinical trials. So, BERT trials positioning, and and the reason we partnered with SCRS um, and other organizations like ACRP is to give them just the fundamentals. So what is good website manner as opposed to bedside manner? And there's a lot to go along with that, you know, um, are you dressed professionally? Do you have appropriate uh, camera and audio and can you recreate that in person feeling with your patient so that they're just as comfortable in a virtual environment um, as they would be in person. And so <clears throat> this is what we're offering uh, sites can can find the training through the SCRS website on ACRP as well as on on VRTRIAL's website, but this is a significant um, and very brief training that they will get a badge, a certificate, that they can market to um, sponsors about uh, their willingness and capability to conduct these trials. Um, And and again, I would be remiss to not bring in some feedback from from our friends. uh, Jason Roth and and his team at Platinum Research Network, they have actually embraced this philosophy. They've embraced various technologies at their sites uh, in order to optimize management of their trials um, And this includes e-regulatory, e-source, telemedicine, um, ctms platforms, and and really, again, it's it's a raise of the hand to say, I am ready for this industry. You really just need to bring me a protocol that I can execute uh, that has the centralized clinical trial components. So, as you can see, sites are ready uh, or they're getting ready. They understand it. They want to keep their viability in, in the upcoming virtual world. And they're raising their hands. Um, so now what's required really is a, a collaboration across all key stakeholders in the industry, sites, sponsors, CROs, and even technology vendors. And really only together and through collaboration are we going to completely shift the paradigm of how clinical trials are delivered.
0: So if, if sites are ready, have you do you have any experience or have you done any research on, um, what percentage of sponsors and CROs? Um, what percentage of their, portfolio, their portfolios are considering decentralized aspects of clinical trials?
1: Well, I am so glad you asked that question, Mike, because mm-hmm. you know it—it's like the million-dollar question of what what is actually being done now because of of this, you know, pandemic and the shift. Um, and it's really a great follow up question to the point I just made about requiring industry collaboration. We've been talking about decentralized trials and their benefits for years now. Yet we continue to only see small pilots and really mostly an attempt to conduct completely sightless trials up to this point. And to me and the VRT trial team, it really makes most sense to simply try to walk before we run and implement decentralized clinical trials with the puzzle pieces we already have at our fingertips. So why try to get rid of sites when they are raising their hands willingly to conduct these trials, and they already know and have the expertise to run clinical trials? So let's give sites a hybrid model, allowing patients to choose how and where they participate in clinical trials under the supervision of their already trusted physician. So to answer your question, I can't really speak on behalf of CROs and sponsors and what percentage of their portfolios are considering decentralized aspects. But I can say that the sites we're working with tell us that less than 5% of the trials they are offered have any decentralized trial aspect. So, my question is, you know, when is industry really willing to finally rip off the band-aid and go for it? We already know patient centric trials have numerous benefits, such as, better enrollment, uh, better compliance, better retention, and even better drug approval rates. Um, So if those reasons haven't been or are not good enough, then certainly everyone can recognize now in the face of COVID that it's in the best interest to whenever and wherever possible, have some type of decentralized clinical trial component in trials in every protocol to prevent something like this from bringing uh, clinical trials industry to a standstill ever again.
0: Wow. Well, Amanda, um, thanks very much uh, for your, that, that, that just that great report. Um, before we close out, uh, how can, uh, people listening to this podcast find out more? Where can they go? A website? Or how, how, what, what's the best way for them to find out more about this?
1: Yeah, so we will put this uh podcast up on the Vertrial website. It's uh vertrial.com. Uh and then also I would imagine that uh, Mike will have this available on the SERS website as well.
0: Yep, com, everybody. Uh before we close out, um uh Amanda, good to chat with you and uh as much as I am in, uh, intrigued by the virtual visit thing. Would sure love to see you and your crew in person again soon in the future.
1: Yes, we, you know, technology will never replace that human element, will it?
0: <laughs> no. And I, had to, I haven't seen you all in, in quite some time, but uh, would look forward to seeing you all again.
1: Yes, really um, looking forward to uh, October and uh, hopefully the uh, summit continues yes. on. It'll be great to see everybody's faces.
0: Sure would. All right. Well, before we close out, um, don't forget vertrial.com And while we're talking about websites, myscrs.org. You can go there and register for upcoming webinars and other discussions. You can just go to the learning campus, see all the upcoming education there. And you can also see the SCRS Insight Journal. We publish that quarterly for members, and that's in the members-only section. Uh, not members-only, the members section of myscrs.org. Uh, We appreciate everyone's participation in the SCRS Talks um, initiative, and today's program has been recorded and will be out available shortly. And we look forward to having everyone join us for more great content. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks again, Amanda.
1: Thank you, Mike. It was my pleasure to be here.